0: Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. RE-MAX of Hot Springs Village. The award-winning RE-MAX of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007. Find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Ike Eisenhower State Farm. Ike and his award-winning team have been serving the insurance needs of folks all around Hot Springs Village since 1998. Ike has qualified for State Farm's President's Club, Chairman's Circle, and Hot Springs Village Insurance Agent of the Year. Call Ike Eisenhower State Farm today at 501-984-4100. That's 501-984-4100. Find them online at IkeEisenhower.net. Call them today for all your insurance needs because, like a good neighbor, Ike Eisenhower State Farm is there.
1: Apparently, it's time to shoot Bambi again. I thought we did this last year. What happened, right? We joke about that, but the bottom line is I I love seeing deer. I love them in the village. But, Todd, I want you to keep them off the hood of my car. Could you do something about that this year? Well, we're going to try to. We're going to try to. So, uh, so how are we going to have changes? I hear we're having changes to the urban deer hunt this year.
2: We have, we, we, are going to, uh, you know, the urban deer hunt, actually, we've been having it for now for about 18 years. And, uh, this year we are, we are doing some changes to it. Uh, as far as the hunt itself, uh, everything will stay the same. Uh, we do, we are making it to where it is. The hunt is only for members employees and first responders. And the members are a lot of guests uh, of their choice.
1: Well, uh, Todd, Todd, let me interrupt for one second. For those that are watching, you realize this looks different than me and Todd just usually talking. Who Who are our other gentlemen with us today and what are they a member of? Uh, we have Mark Quentin. He's here today with
2: us and, and Scott McCord. They, they're very essential in, in setting this up. And then they've been such a great help uh, with the urban deer hunt uh, Scott has been an avid hunter all of his life. He's an excellent hunter. Uh, he, he, he's a great Patriot for our, for our forest and our wildlife. Um, actually Mark is a professional, uh, bowman. I don't know how you would call it, but, uh, as far as a bow and arrow, Mark's a professional with it. <laughs> he's over our, our shooting range down on Phoenix. Uh, Mark is and, and the, both of these guys have have been just just such a great help with our with our urban deer hunt volunteering their time and and helping us get this set up. Uh, you know, Dennis, we want to make this kind of uh, just another amenity for our for our members that, that want to hunt. But in the past, they, you know, they didn't really want to go out there because you had all these people from outside the village that wasn't members that were just closing in on them, taking all the good spots, you know, and, and you know, I would get calls and then they would get frustrated and then, well, we're not going to hunt anymore. So mm-hmm. this year we're leaving it up for them. This is for the members. This is for the, the people that live here in the village, own property here in the village, and, and them to bring a guest up. You know, you have a bunch of father-son duos, uh, their fathers live here in the village, you know, and and they want to go out and enjoy our wildlife and and our forest with their son. This is a perfect opp- opportunity for them to do it without having to worry about, uh, you know, hundreds of people from outside the village coming in to hunt. This is this is for them. So and
1: uh, so and so Sky for, for our, I'm sorry I'm pretty but I'm I'm trying to get this around my head. You're telling me that for roughly 17 years we have had if you come in and do your training, anybody from anywhere in the state or the United States could come in and hunt. Is that correct? Anybody from the United
2: States this last year, we had several from Louisiana. Uh, you know, I think we had 30, uh, you know, Uh, lived out of the state. I think, I think people
1: don't understand how many people went through training last year, Mark, for this, uh,
3: 360 is that correct?
1: I believe so. yeah. Yeah. 360 more than more than the Coronado Center would hold is what I'm hearing. How, how yeah, do you do that kind of training? Where do you do it at?
3: Well, the, the training's done. It's going to be done the same way. It's going to be done at the Coronado Center, um, both inside and out. There's uh, uh, a uh, a talk that's given to talk about the safety, the fact that you have to be 10 feet off the ground, for instance, to hunt. That you have to be 50 uh, yards from a dwelling road. or or trail, uh, to keep things safe. That's the most important thing. Also for the field day, which is July 8th this year, um, there's, uh, or uh, the orientation there's a qualification that I'll be running, which is actually you have to shoot, uh, three arrows inside of a kill zone, which is about six inches to qualify to make sure you're competent enough with the weapon that you hold. And, uh, behind them. Also, we have a field day, which if you haven't done it before, you have to know how to trees, we go through tree stand safety and blood trailing to make sure that you're going to be able to recover that animal after it's hit. And one last point is that I, I wanted to make is that the public, we need some the public's help with this too, because this is a service we're doing for wildlife because there's too many deer in the village. So we would appreciate, kindness and nice gestures to those guys out there hunting if they're not doing something outside the rules that I just mentioned. For one thing, interfering with a hunt is uh, uh, against the law, so you don't want to be doing that. So try to try to be amiable with these people that are out there hunting.
1: Well, and, and I, sometimes I find myself in this position where I'm the guy that brings down the bad hammer. Look, I understand you may not want somebody on common property behind your house shooting a deer. I understand that you may think they're beautiful. I'm going to remind you, I bet I've said it 20 times on this broadcast. if you don't, game and fish will come out here to the National Forest they'll take a battery, they'll knock the top off of it. Your deer will come and lick that battery and die a miserable death. What would you rather? What would you just pick a choice right? and and what am I am I mistaken? Scott it, it, are we not like two to two and a half times over over overpopulated?
4: That, that was our last estimate. Uh, we, we believe that we've made some progress on that. We're actually probably due for another survey to be done. Todd is actually, uh, advocating, and we don't know if we're going to be able to do this, but he's advocating a, a, a different approach to, uh, figuring out how many deer we have. In the past, it wasn't exact science. They would go out at night with a spotlight and they would count deer and they would estimate. And then, uh, that was a, that that how Many year would be estimated in a certain given in, in a given area and then they would extrapolate that to the population so it wasn't it was very imperfect way of doing it but it was the best way they had available now today these surveys are often done with helicopters and uh nightlight infrared lights that can do like night vision and it, it will spot a living beings on the ground, whether it's a human, a coyote, a deer, whatever. And that's a more precise way to do it. But to answer your question, last survey, it was in the neighborhood of two to two and a half times. What will we have forage for? We have enough forage to handle about 900.
1: And I think we've had a freeze here with Mr. Scott. We'll be back with him in just a moment. I apologize. Um, and we're waiting just a moment, and we are at, let me check real quick. We're at 20 past the hour. Testing 1, 2, testing 1, 2, 20 past the hour. Are you back, guys? Are, are you back yet?
4: Yeah, we're back. now. Okay.
1: Sorry about that. Um. No, I, I was going to ask. Um. Uh, you, you said t- I, I lost you at about two to two and a half times the number of of deer that will support this area, um. And you know we just had Mark Farney. I don't know if any of you y'all know him. Works with Game and Fish and Todd. I don't know if you saw this show or not, but he was talking about the high resolution drones with infrared searching that they were finding wild hogs with. That uh, yeah. obviously you know that's the method of doing that something like that but but the bottom line is we got a lot of a, a lot of deer and and let me go back to this one I don't think I can restate this enough uh, uh uh so we've let roughly anybody from anywhere come in and hunt in the village but now you have to be a member or a guest is that correct Todd
2: yeah you have to be a member or a guest uh now you any employee here at the POA is eligible to hunt, and also your first responders outside the village, such as your hot springs uh, police and game and fish employees, uh, your fire, any any of our neighboring first responders are eligible to hunt. And you know the reason we do that is to get our numbers up, keep our numbers up. But also, you got uh, you got people in there hunting that you can trust. Yeah. It's not going to mess up, and if they see somebody messing up, then hey, <laughs> they're, they're that's their job to catch them. So I mean, you know, it's a win-win situation.
1: They they know um, who to talk to about the problem, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, they know who to talk to. So if you got a game warden in here up in a stand, he sees somebody poaching, and hey, he's got him. You don't have to call a game warden; you've already got him here. So, so you know, that's that's just something that 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 we're going to try to
1: we're going to try to promote. Well, Mark, let me come back to you just for a minute. You talk about the safety, and and it's my impression. I I think that I grew up in South Arkansas. I grew up in this area. My belief is is that there's not a better, how would I say it, advocate or or trustee of the woods than the hunter, because these are people that are truly invested. I mean, hundreds and thousands of dollars and truly invested in their hearts and souls. When I hear people talk about how I think that there somebody's hunting unsafely outside their yard or in the backyard or in the common area, it, one of two things goes in my mind. You, you don't understand what the safety protocols are for, or maybe there's somebody misbehaving, but it's kind of the rare event. Am I right?
3: I would agree with that. There's always the one off, but hunters and bow hunters in particular, in my opinion, are very um, conscientious about the wildlife and they want to do the right thing. And we really try to impress on everybody at the, at the field day, which is, I mentioned July 8th at the pond center, um, we want to we want to impress with them that we want them to be good representatives for the village and do the right thing and kind of try to blend in as much as
2: possible.
1: Well, tell me more. I, you, you alluded to and I know we didn't dive into it. I do want to come back into this a little bit more, but 10 feet off the ground. And what are some of the guidelines that, that are the safety rules that are in place for everybody?
3: Well, I had mentioned before that uh, it's common property. If you're hunting on common property, that you use a stand that's at least ten feet off the ground. Um, most guys in a tree stand wouldn't even think about ten feet. They're going to be higher than that. That you're within fifty yards of a trail, dwelling, or a um, a roadway. So most guys are going to try to get a little bit farther away than that. We had some issues last year with that wasn't the case. So we want to make sure we press upon that and the unwritten rule is try not to create a commotion and you know a conflict if there's a
1: conflict move so those are the hard fast rules well let me, let me come back to this one more time how, how many and i don't even know how many were taken last year from the village how, how many deer did we take any idea
2: i, I believe we had somewhere in the neighborhood of between 250 and 300 what do we need to be taken more like 500? We need to be taken about 500. Now that's, that's checked deer. Now you have to, you have to add in there also your deer that was taken that wasn't checked, you know, and, and also with this, Dennis, uh, we're also going to be partnering up with hunters feed the hungry, which I'm a big advocate for that. You know, we all are, we, you know, that's a, that's a great organization and the work that they do is outstanding with our neighboring communities. And, and even, you know, we take enough, we take enough uh, nutritional meat out of here to, 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 to feed counties way up, plumb up in North Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, we're not only helping the the neighboring school districts, but we're helping school districts plumb up close to
4: Missouri. Dennis, there's one, there's one interesting statistic that you, you'd find interesting. There are seven urban deer hunts in the state of Arkansas. If you take the other six besides hot Springs village, Mm -hmm. total, the number of deer that they harvest multiply it times two. hot Springs village is greater than that number. Are you serious? No, we are the, we are the biggest provider of meat for hunters feeding the hungry in the state of arkansas by a long shot
1: so they know our names is what you're saying right
2: oh yeah, Very yeah. Much so.
4: <laughs> and they, they they keep a refrigerated trailer here and
2: they come and pull it uh every week they pull it to the uh and and you know and
1: have the have it processed they pull it to the processor and uh well, well go back to that mention how do you donate i mean what's the story do you, do you have a, and I'm, we may have an unstable internet connection here again real quick. Do you have a, 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 a truck basically that's waiting to process this or, or is it the first one that you produce or how does that work? Uh, first year. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I don't think Suddenlink was working with us there for a minute. I'm sorry. You go back.
2: Yeah, but we we were discussing the hunters feed the hungry deal. And, and, you know, the first deer that you take out of our urban deer hunt, you have to donate to hunters feed the hungry. I mean, and, uh, you know, we donate to the Jackson house to, uh, uh, all the, the, we make these snack sticks or they do the hunters feed the hungry and make these snack sticks for all the area schools, uh, Mountain Pine, Fountain Lake, um, Hot Springs, and then they've they've also got that program now plumb up into North Arkansas, so I mean it's it's great what we do here for the community. It's not only helping us by reducing the population of of the deer that we have and keeping you know the the population under control, but it's also helping communities and and needy families to make sure that they you know
1: that they don't go hungry. It sounds like to me, and I'm just stabbing at it here, but it sounds like to me that there's going to be, if we had 300 and something hunters, there's probably, of the 300 and something from last year, were maybe half village residents or or property owners?
2: I think we had well over 100, and we would have had more. We would have had more if it had been members only. Uh, You know, like I said before, there's been several property owners that we have that have just gotten frustrated and quit
1: because, uh, of the outside residents,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and, uh, well, I, I so, guess where I'm going with this and I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I guess where I'm going with this is, is that if you were an outside hunter, a non non-owner, you could buy a property in the village and you could be there therefore an owner, right? Oh yeah. If you want to buy a property in here and become a, an owner, we can <laughs>
2: Would love to accept you.
1: <laughs> I think the guy's name is Kevin Sexton. I believe. I think yeah, he's the yeah, guy you, you just, need to talk to. K Sexton at HSVPOA.org. That's right. And you
2: call and get a hold of Kevin Sexton, and he will definitely hook you up. And, and um, you know, people pay lots of money for hunting leases. Uh, to be on a hunting lease this is a lot cheaper than that and you come in you you get to be a member and we'd love to have you not only can you deer hunt but you can play golf you can use all the other amenities that we have and and uh you know if you if you want to become a member in here like i said we'd love to have you
1: well mark let me ask you come back to this and by the way mark i'd love to have a a show with just you and and with just the gentleman here I, i i guess my question is I, I'll ask this for a different show. How do you become a professional bow hunter? But we'll come back to that in a minute. But <laughs> the safety and the rules that are required to put everything together to make all this happen. How many how many weeks of training do you guys have to do to get ready to train people to give them some common sense that, that don't have it already, I'm sure?
3: Well, there, there's a, uh, a course that has to be taken to, to certify as an instructor for the instructor part. I've run lines, archery lines for you know, over 50 years and been on archery lines for over 50 years. So that part of the safety thing is second nature to me. But I mean, we have to be certified by
1: the state to be able to do the instructor part. I had no idea, Steve. Really, this this is, I had no idea. Well, and, and let me come back to one other thing for you, gentlemen. A, a lot of people, a lot of, how do I say it? Peripheral owners in the village may watch this or or listen and think. Well, you know, I should be on the board, or or I don't want I want to be on the board. There are other ways to serve than to be on the board. You gentlemen are on part of a committee, and and I think there's somebody just off to my left, your left, my right, that uh, is on this committee too. That serving on a committee is a valid way to give before you, if you want to get in, without getting in the public light, right? Yes. Well, I'm thinking, uh, 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 have we missed anything here today, Todd? No, I think that just about covers it. I
2: mean, Scott actually was the chairman of the Common Property Committee for a pretty good while, and he helped with their egg addling and stuff. And and uh, that's another show that you might want to do with Scott is about the about the geese. But I just heard that one. Yeah, that one <laughs> went through my head, too. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, these guys have been a great help. And, and, and like you said, if you, if you don't want to be on the board, but you want to help, uh, join a committee, join a committee, join the common property committee or the lakes committee or recreation committee, whatever, whatever you, you feel like that you could be a, a help in, join a committee and help make a difference. You know, the village was built on committees, volunteer work. And we still, we still, uh, there's lots of volunteer work going, going on. And, and uh, And we appreciate all the volunteers we can get. Like I said, these guys right here are, are phenomenal. Uh, I could, this, this couldn't be done without them.
4: Dennis one thing I'd like to to, thought I'd like to leave with you is that we, we appreciate inside out doing this interview because part of the reason we want to do stuff like this is to get the word out about the change because we, we really want it to be a success before we depended on the Arkansas Bow hunters association to do the orientation, do the field day, all the stuff that we're going to take on ourselves this year, uh, combined with making it available to property owners and their guests only and first responders. Uh, we, we really want to make sure that the word gets out so that people are aware of what we're doing. We're in the process now of completing a website, that, the, that, that people will access to do the registration to participate in the hunt. It will have all the information related to the hunt. It tells them what they need to do to be prepared uh, to uh, have, a, have an opportunity to hunt.
1: That's an excellent point, and I appreciate it. Uh, Scott, I apologize. I realized a minute ago I called you Steve. I'm so sorry. I, no. <laughs> but I apologize. But no, where, <laughs> when, when will that website be ready-ish? And and when does the hunt begin and when can we register? Give me some ballpark, ballpark days on this. The
2: website should be completed within sometime in around the next
1: two or three weeks. Okay. Okay. So, but and I mean, the, the hunt begins when? October? September the 1st. September the 1st. And you, you the training begins what? The orientation is July the 8th at the Pont Center. July the 8th. That's not too early to promote already. We're getting there right. quickly. And I have
2: I have filled out the application to the Game and Fish Commission, and we've been accepted. Um, so they will bring us tags. Uh, you know, there's there's just a little bit different there. Now you have to have a CID number in order to participate in any urban deer hunt throughout the state, and that includes Hot Springs Village. That's a new rule the Game and Fish Commission come up with. Your CID number is on your hunting license. So if anybody's watching this show that wants to participate in the hunt, you have to have your CID number to be able to register. And it will be on our website, uh, a space for you to put your CID number in.
1: What I'm, actually, what I'm actually gonna do, and Scott, you brought up a great point, uh, and and truly, you and Mark both. that Todd guy, I've talked to him more than Carter has little liver pills. I don't need, but truly, I'd love to interview both of you guys. but I, I want to come back to this and say I'll probably take this show, cut it into a radio segment and we'll play it on Saturdays and Sundays at 10 am to to re-emphasize this point. The bottom line is is that I, I can't make it any simpler. Let's recap. The urban deer hunt will no longer be open to the general public. And no, no longer be processed through the bow hunters of Arkansas. What's the, na- the name of that association?
4: Arkansas, ABA.
1: Arkansas, bow, Arkansas bow, bow hunters association. No longer be processed through that. We'll be doing our own certification, our own training on site here at the ponts, July the 8th. And then, uh, wow. I, I hadn't thought of it this way, but it's, this is really great. I mean, for those that are members, it, it's your own hunting club. And I don't mean that wrong, but I mean, you, you really have access and and Scott talking about being on the 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 uh, the uh, uh, reserve not the reserve properties but the the common properties, I mean we're talking the area behind La, uh, uh, Lake Lago, we're well, talking what,
4: what we have is we have a map of the village
1: mm-hmm.
4: and, and it's color coded and and the, all the areas that you're allowed to hunt are co- are are colored yellow. And that's that will be provided on the website. It has in the past. It will be in the future. And people use that as a guide to get them in the general area of of where they're allowed to hunt. So you're not allowed to hunt on properties that are not noted on that map, hmm. highlighted in yellow. Now there's an, a massive amount of property that is available to hunt on, but essentially it's it's all common property.
1: Amazing. Now and cedar creek the cedar creek walking trails and so forth how do you do that i mean i'm I'm trying not to be as specific but still
4: no no well you can't hunt on any cooper reserve property
1: but if it's common property the the the
4: idea is we want as mark said earlier our number one goal in promoting this hunt and doing what we're setting out to do is safety we want it to be done safely if we can't do that we're not going to do it yeah. So that's why we have the rules: the 50 yards from a trail, a road, a building, a golf course, a lake. That's prohibited if you're not if you're within that 50 yards. And we have that happen every now and then. And when we identify those, we go out and leave a note on their stand to let them know that they're they're not in a proper place and it needs to be moved. Um, and 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 we follow up on that to make sure that they do move it.
1: Yeah. Mark, let me come back to you just one sec for for the non hunters out there. And I know there are lots of people who watch and listen that this is just something they've heard about 50 yards with a bow is a long, long way off. Am I right?
3: Well, one of the reasons why we want everybody elevated is because if you're shooting down and you know, it's 50 yards is not a long way for an arrow to travel, but it's a long way to take an animal that you're, you're trying to kill you i would say the majority of animals killed in the village are probably inside of 20 yards really shooting down so if there may be an exception to that rule but that's probably the real rule so there, there's two things we want to make sure that the hunters know 50 yards away and the common sense part of it not the rule but the common sense part of it that if you're waving to somebody every five minutes that's walking their dog you probably need to move your stand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very much indeed. Very much indeed, guys. It's been a wonderful pleasure. I tell you what, if somebody wanted to, and and let's be real clear on this, Todd, I don't have to be a member of the committee to come to the committee meetings, right? No,
2: no, you can you can come come to our committee meetings anytime, <coughs> and and we'd love to have you as a guest. You can sit in, and listen, see what the what we've got going on and, and hear what we've done for the month and, and, uh,
1: and even see pictures of some of the things that that, that we've done. So uh, I actually, I, mean, I actually met Bart Langford uh, registered yeah, forester yeah. at one of the meetings. And I, all I could think to myself was these people live in the village. Really? I mean, the diversity and the breadth of people that we have in the village is just remarkable.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And Bart's a good guy. He's helping me. Actually right now we've got a, a, a forestry project going on that, that Bart, he's, he's helping me, uh, get ready for it. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have, you know, you got so many people in the village with so many skills and talents and, you know, and they volunteered to, to help and, and, Hey
1: that's what it's all about Dennis that's, what, it really, that's what is. It's about. It really is it really is If uh, one of my one of my favorite quotes from uh, Zig Ziegler says uh, selfishness is the only disease that makes everybody around you sick except for the person that has it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i tell you what dennis simpson hot springs village on side out the, the what is the what's your official title the what what's the committee name uh, well, Scott, common property, parks and wildlife, common properties, forestry and wildlife. And we're talking about the urban deer hunt today, coming up big changes. Stay tuned. You're going to hear more about it on the radio and we'll promote it soon. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for watching and listening to hot Springs village inside out a weekly podcast starring hot Springs village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hot springs inside dot com.